Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. And we're live, and it's not May the 4th anymore. May the 11th be with you. Yeah, May the 11th be with you. That's got a ring to it. It really does. I did see one the other day for, for Mando fans. Um, the new thing is, this is the May. This is the May. Yeah. What's Mando? So the man, uh, there's a guy. Oh, the, Mandalorian. The thing is like, this is the way. Yes. Yeah. So the new thing now that the Mandalorian is here is, this is the May. That's dumb. Which I can get behind it. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not repeat that one again. All right. Well, I'll probably will repeat it. <laughs> oh, we- <laughs> Jeremy, you got to show him your shirt real quick. Just turn slightly to the camera. Any Patcher fans? Yeah. Flash. That's that's yeah. Flash from the past right there. Yeah. So people listening to the podcast, listening and not viewing again, you're missing out. How old is that shirt? Oh, it's... Did you get it like in the 80s or 90s? No, I had it made because you can't find it. I was going to say, dude. You had it made? I, yeah. Yeah, I dude. had it made. That yeah. would be pretty unique if you actually came across like an original like, yeah. Petra shirt. Yeah, we have some. We have a friend out in Florida that we have a, a couple things in common, but uh, one of the things is love for Petra. And so they were like, we, we, we got these Petra shirts. We, we make them just <laughs> because we love Petra. And I'm like, oh, man, I would, I would love to get my hands on one of those. Now, nice. is, that, is that their original graphic, or did you guys design the graphic? No, too? that's their original okay, graphic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's legit in that way. Yeah. No, that's so, legit, so you're ripping man. off a trademark probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're doing. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah just, don't, just don't ever preach in it. That would be dumb. That would be bad, right? <laughs> but I say, because it has a cross in it, I think it's legit. I can preach in that. Yeah, uh, totally. Chad won't let me cr- preach in Crocs, though. You know, oh, he has a thing against that, preaching. That is, no. not, that is not yeah, the way. Yeah, that's, that's not the way. It's not, not the way. Yeah, it's yeah. not the way. I, 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 no. I agree. I've not d- the way. I've done it. It's, D- it's David super and I comfy. have some strong feelings about Crocs. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> are we men or are we mice? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to go something other than mice, but we'll go with that. Are yours camouflaged? They're not camo. No, but they're... They're straight black. They're, no, they're brown, but they're like slipper Crocs, so they have like the furry inside. Oh, so dude. your feet just thank you at the end of an hour-long sermon. They thank you. Yeah, <laughs> your feet thank you. Yeah, you preach but, Crocs, your feet thank you. But to your people. <laughs> <laughs> That's about 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. I would rebuke you on that. If I was sitting there, yeah, I'm like, oh, this yeah. dude just preaching. Like, how irreverent is that? Like, how can you, how can you proclaim the Word of God and wear... Something if like I were that. a visitor to that church, I, I would have left before the service was over. Probably, like, I would have saw that, like, I'm out. <laughs> yep, yep, probably yeah. Sermon on the Mount. Christ was probably in sandals. No, don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't go. Christ is in Crocs. Sandals are different than Crocs. Oh, so I could preach yeah. in Tevas? Yes, no, well, no, Flohos, Birkenstocks, maybe. Oh, Birkenstocks. maybe. No, <laughs> no, that's, that's a hard no, too. Dude. That's a hard boycott. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I could do Birkenstocks. <laughs> Yeah, you'll notice that that uh, Pastor Brent uh, is not here, and just you know, by way of coincidence, he also wears Crocs, mm-hmm. and, and he's not here at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. I, kn- I knew I always liked that guy. I don't know <laughs> if he wears Crocs anymore. I think that we have maybe we've cured him of it. We've shaken him. We've shaken him pretty hard. I hope where so. I think he's kind of shying away from. Yeah. yeah. There's some conviction setting in. That's good. See, yeah. when you live in Madras, Crocs are just now getting there. And so they're like the cool thing. Now. I was going to say, dude, in Madras, like, yeah. like there probably aren't Birkenstocks. There probably no. aren't Crocs. They're like, it's a, that's no. a whole different yeah. cultural deal up there. Yeah. yeah. So we, we should probably, now, now that we're uh, a good four minutes in, um, <laughs> tell, pe- tell people who Jeremy yeah, is. Yeah, does anyone know this guy? <laughs> Who's this guy sitting in with us? Uh, so you can tell us about yourself, Jeremy. But I'll just say, like, Jeremy is one of my closest friends, and we've been we've been buddies for a long time. And yeah. um, anyway, he's on the podcast today to talk about church planting, and we'll get into that more in a minute. But maybe yeah, two two minutes. Who, who's Jeremy Green? Two minutes. So who's Jeremy Green? Um, redeemed by Christ, mm. thankfully, mm. and that really is is all that I am and who I am. Um, I live in Madras. My family and I moved to Madras in like oh, five years ago now. I've been working there for about nine years um, and uh, came out of Prineville previous to Madras where Chad and I got acquainted and met and did some life together over there and 
He went south and I went north. I don't know and, if that's uh, an upgrade or not. Going yeah. from Prineville to Madras. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, there was I born and raised in Bend, and uh, you know that was one place that I never saw myself living because Madras was always just the town you drove through to get right. to like Portland. You know. Yeah. And, on the uh, way to somewhere. And yeah. here we are five years in and, and loving it, loving everything about the community. But yeah, so I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one pastor of, of a couple of a church plant in Madras. And it's not really a plant anymore. I, I don't know how long it has to exist before it's not right. a plant anymore. But yeah, I'm pastoring a church there that's um, Seven been years. there for five years. Seven years. That's Seven the, years, is that the number? That's the official time Oh, because that's the I'm number just of perfection. That. I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah. The Hebrews like Roots Movement would have... It's no longer a plant. Yeah. Seven years. That yeah. is an interesting question. When is a church plant no longer a plant? You refer to as a plant. Yeah. Should, we yeah. should figure that out. Well, they, I think seven is where they usually say, like, you're going to know if, like, a church is going to succeed or fail. Oh, like, right. if it's going to continue or... Uh-huh. Or fold by year seven. I don't know where they get that number. Yeah, I feel like you might just be an average. <laughs> so I feel, I feel like that's kind of like oh. the cutoff. If you've made it to year seven, seven. you're rocking, dude. You're bona fide. It's yeah. just yeah. Well, we're right on the cusp then. Yeah, a couple yeah. more years. But yeah, so um, yeah, known Chad for a long time. We've worked together outside of the church. We've worked together yeah. in the church. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of all areas of life have intersected for you and me. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, in our families. And, yep. And uh, I, I got the privilege of being a part of the church plant from a distance. You uh, did. From the beginning uh, up until uh, recently when I kind of hung, hung up my hat there, and maybe we'll get into that. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we're going to talk about that today and church planting and kind of mm-hmm. maybe what you've learned and what's worked and what hasn't. and Excellent. Sounds stuff good. like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. selfishly excited because this is my favorite subject. Church planting. Oh, yeah. Church planting and seeing, you know, new gospel works happen in new places is, like, fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a biblical thing, so I think we should be excited about That's it. That's awesome, right? man. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe just to, to dive right in, um, how did you come to the decision to plant a church? Oh, man. In in, in Madras, of all places. Yeah, and in, in Madras, too. Yeah. yeah. That's the bigger question. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know that there was like a, I mean, there was definitely a cognizant decision made at some point, um, but I had found myself, my my place of employment had moved from um, Prineville into Madras, and there you go. so I'd been commuting. Which, for those that don't know, is just kind of the next town over. Yeah. So, so just, not, not a great distance they're away. They're like 30 minutes apart, 40 minutes apart, um, and, and when I was in Prineville, uh, my wife and I and our, our kids had lived there for many years, and I was a, a member of a church there and was raised up within that church to be an elder. And so I um, kind of, you know, had some preaching opportunities and served as an elder for almost three years, I think, there in Prineville. And then my job changed, and I ended up working in Madras. And so, Were you at, were you at Calvary? Yeah. That's where you served as an elder? Yeah, okay. where I served as a Calvary Chapel. Yep, yep, yep. Kirk County, yep. And um, so my job changed, and so like three years I was commuting back and forth between Madras and Prineville while my family, you know, lived in Prineville. I was spending eight to ten hours a day in Madras, and um, so multiple factors, really. It's just, and the more time I spent in Madras, the more time I was getting connected to that community and really finding it difficult to pastor in a community that I was spending, or to pastor in a community that I was only in in the evenings and on weekends, right? And so, like, I was getting more and more established in Madras by the nature of my job. And 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 so in that, I started to ask the question is, should my family and I move to Madras? And, and if we were to move to Madras, the first question that came to our mind, and I think it's the right question, is what church would we attend? Mm-hmm. And so when I started to do an in-depth study of all of the churches in Madras, what kind of continued to to come to mind was that, you know, there are a, there are quite a few churches. I don't know that it's as churched as, say, the community of Primeville. I think per capita, Primeville has more churches than Madras does. Interesting but, uh, tidbit real quick. At one point, Primeville had the most churches per capita in the nation. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, like back in like the 80s. Where'd you hear that? It's yeah. all those cowboys in that country music. Com- common knowledge, yeah. 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 He got off of Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> anyway. But anyway, yeah. So Madras probably is, you know, unchurched in a way that some of the other communities in Central Oregon is not, I think. And I think that's a fair statement if you look at it. This isn't racist, but is it very Catholic? Um, The community of Madras? Yeah. Are there more Catholic? Yeah. More of a Catholic presence? I think so. Okay. Yep. I mean, obviously, there's there's more Hispanics there than 
yeah. most places in yeah, Central the, Oregon. That's so. the other thing. The community, yeah, talk about the demographics for just a yeah, second. Yeah. Of so Madras. the community of Madras is the most diverse of any of the communities in Central Oregon. Yep. And so it's a it's a third Latinx, it's a third Caucasian, it's a third Native. So it's very diverse. Um, and so and yeah, because you got Warm Springs right up the road. Yep, Warm yep. Springs. Yep. And and so anyway, just spending all that time there, it was getting. I was feeling the strain of basically spending the majority of my day every day there. When my family was in Prineville, and I was, you know, one of the pastors, one of the elders at that church in Prineville, and so I just started to do an in-depth look at the churches that existed, and and there's a lot of them. But what I found, and and um, what I found to be true based on my convictions of of, of the word, was that only a couple of them of the several were biblical we're, we're preaching the bible we're, we're not compromising on the word of god and and orthodox christianity and and so it was like oh so there's like a need for bible preaching churches in this community um and so i started to sort of pray about that and lean into that a little bit um to had some discussions with the elders at, at the church that we were at in in prineville and had some discussions with chad who was then in, at that point was already in the pine and and some discussions with the close men in my life that, um, you know, discipleship groups and types of things. And it was funny because the first time I, I kind of was like, maybe maybe we're supposed to go to Madras and just move there and, and just start making disciples, you know, plant a church, things like that. And so I went to one of my closest friends there in Primal. I said, I think we're supposed to do this, Would you, but I don't really want to go alone. Mm. Would you want to go with us? And he said, no way, never. <laughs> and I was like, no. well, okay, maybe that's of the Lord. Maybe we're not supposed to go, you know? Yeah. So prayed about another month or so. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of time in prayer about this, I think, when you see in the Word that this is the call as believers to go, proclaim totally. the gospel, make disciples. So I think we can spend too much time there on There are so many times that. when I'll, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to pray about that Yeah, is an excuse to drag your feet. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, my the Lord had conveniently moved me to Madras through my employment, right? And and over those three years, it was becoming a strain in, in working and living in two different places. And so, you know, I didn't need to spend a lot of time praying about it. If the Lord had called me to be a pastor already and equipped the church that I was in in Prineville mm-hmm. with enough elders to meet the needs of that congregation, you know, my exiting and going to plant a church wasn't going to be, you know, taking away anything mm-hmm. from that church. It actually creates opportunities for the Lord to raise up new elders there, and, and he's done that. And so you would, I so I went to my closest buddy, and I was just like, you want to go with us? And he's like, no way, never. And I'm like, all right. So what, about a month later, I came back and said, we're going. We're going to do this with you, without you. We're, we're going to go. And so, so were you, I mean, you're kind of getting there, but were you sent technically by somebody? Were you covered? Or, yeah. Or were you self-appointed? Like, oh, I'm just going to go do this, or, like, what happened? Yeah, I got a download from God, and... No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God told me to tell you I'm coming. Yeah, no, you know, we... we, we no, it's very biblical. We, we try to be very biblical in our approach to this. You know, so like I said, I was talking with the close men in my life. Yeah. I was talking with the elders that I was serving alongside of that were also my elders, right, as well. I was talking with Chad, who'd, who'd been one of my pastors, been one of my elders. And so there was definite... Um, there was a, a, a seeking of counsel from godly men in my life. Sure. Do you do you affirm this? Is this wisdom? Is this? It, do you think this is of the Lord? Um, and then in that conversation with the elders that I was serving along, you know, they just said, you know, this is what we see in the Word, and so yes, um, if the if this is what the Lord would have, we are happy to send you sure. and provide sort of that head covering for a season until the Lord would establish and raise up local elders there. And so um, long, long, long story short there, though, that the buddy that I was talking about initially, Jason is his name, um, he came back about three months later and said, no, nah, we're, we're going to go too. Mm-hmm. And so we literally put our houses on the market at the same time. Jason and Kayla, they came with us. They quit their jobs. We sold our house. They sold their house. We all moved to Madras, ended up living next door to each other in God's providence. And, and moved in within less than 30 days apart from mm. each other. So it was just sort of like, you know, we talk about God things, and it was just like the pieces were falling yeah, into sure. place. And so, yeah. which which I, I mentioned that specifically because at about year two, maybe year two and a half into this, 
there were seasons where my wife and I were really starting to struggle mm. with the whole plant and just the impact of of life, raising kids, working jobs, right. trying to lead and plant church. You know, where we we used those t- the, the manner in which the Lord moved us there as as opportunities to look back at the faithfulness of him and his hand in that mm-hmm. and, and and that gave us encouragement that we were sure we Put were where we needed to be yeah you know what i mean and so we didn't have because to because of what was already done right because of the way everything had moved just yeah, yeah. and so and i don't want to over spiritualize it or anything like that but but god god moves he's sovereign he works his plan and so sure. you know and so we, we really seen his hand in all of that and so that that's really the story about how we ended up in madras and mm-hmm. People ask you, did you go there to plant a church? And, you know, we, we kind of said, you know, well, we went there to make disciples, to love God, love people. And out of that, with hopes and intention, that a, a church, a, a group of believers would form that we could then live life alongside of in Madras, proclaiming the gospel, being salt and light in the community. Mm-hmm. And So having said that, did you, when you showed up, did you show up with a name? Did you already know it was going to be called The Gathering? So, so you did show up. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so there was intentionality in. Okay. There, there was intentionality in like you know we we spent a season probably six months. Chad was Chad was a part of this walking through you know like what's a faith statement going to look like? What, what what's our theology? Mm. You know, um, what, what what's our doctrine going to look like? And 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 what's biblical like in this endeavor? Because again, we didn't go out just solo. We didn't just self-appoint and go, you know, we had a head covering. So we had, you know, elders in Prineville and we had Chad and, and Tony at the time. And, um, and we said, you know, we, we want to do this alongside and underneath a head covering of ascending church to, to ensure accountability, to ensure correction if and when needed, to ensure there was prayer for us. And, and there would be men that would literally rush to Madras in time of need to sort of hold our hands up. And so there was a lot of intentionality in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we had a name. Um, We didn't, you know, we had a name shortly after we got there. We got a website and things like that. So where where were you meeting, too? Mm -hmm. Or did you look for, like, a public public place to meet right away? Yeah, no, okay. we, we, we just started meeting in our home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and we just, you know, the, I think the very first Sunday it was uh, our family, Jason and Kayla, their family, and then one other couple that we had known from Primeville okay. that lived in that area that said, hey, we'll, we'll come and join you guys. So this was your core group. This was basically your plant. These were believers that mm-hmm. were intentional mm-hmm. in what this was, what yep. you guys were doing. Okay. That's right. Well, one thing I, yep. that I appreciated, too, to jump in is that, mm-hmm. you know, you took a long time, you know, six months to a year before getting to that point. We did. Uh, yep. Kind of meeting with your core group. And the, the, you had another person that was part of the core group that yeah. moved on after a period yep. of time. Yep. Um, so, you know, you had a few folks and, yep. you know, you you pastored those people, you know, for probably a year. A year. Leading yeah. up to you all moving to Madras. Yep. Uh, and, and I think that was really cool to see mm-hmm. that unfold and to mm-hmm. see your intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't just on a whim, hey, we're going to go to Madras tomorrow and do this thing. Right, right. Uh, that, that there was a lot of prep that went into it, a there lot of was. prayer that went into it, yeah. um, a lot of, you know, shepherding on your part mm-hmm. uh, of those people about, you know, here's why we're going to go do what we're going to go do, and here's what it's going to look like. Yeah. By the grace of God, he led us through it, right? And we didn't know what we were doing, um, but we just said, you know, if we're going to do this, we got to get real close. we got to know each other inside right. and out. And so, like you said, you know, for a year we met weekly going through a, a study on, um, um, I, I forget the name of it, but it, but it was a gospel study. So it's like how to be gospel fluent. So it's like the, the point in going to Madras was to make disciples. So in, in a church plant, you're going to see some transfer growth. You know, that that's normal, I think. You know, yeah, you can't really help uh, that. You can't Even help as much it. as you try to discourage it. Right. We, we, we used to be mean, like when people would come from another church to visit. Yeah. We'd be like, thanks for coming, now go back. Right. <laughs> like we were, we were horrible. Yeah. And it's like, no, like God moves people around sometimes, and it's a yeah. yes. And I think it's a valid question, though, like why, why are you moving one church to yeah. this church? You know, no, so that we'd is ask those questions. Yeah. a valid question. And, um, you know, so for the first year, the year before we went there, you know, we, we spent a whole year study through we through what it looks like to be gospel fluent. So how, how do we proclaim the gospel day in, day out, in just the normal activities of life? Right. So that was the main tactic mm-hmm. of of growth, right? That was. That was the growth So it was going to be like lifestyle evangelism, Yep. right? Um, yep. Rather than we're going to get on social media yep. and we're going to blow this thing up. 
Yeah, that's okay. right. Right. He we didn't go in with banners. We didn't go in with a launch Sunday. We didn't go in. Didn't we didn't have, have any shirts. We didn't have a shirt. We didn't have hats. <laughs> you got stickers. a Pedro shirt made, but you, you didn't know, get stickers, gathering bro. shirts made. <laughs> we didn't. You know, we still don't do Easter eggs on Easter. Um, oh, don't, so, don't go there. Yeah, let's <laughs> not talk about that one, dude. <laughs> we are. We feel we're still trying to shower that off of us from last year. <laughs> you know, and so we just went, and, and so and we would, you know, as. You know, this this small group of us, it was five adults, you know, and I would say, like, the goal isn't to invite people to church. The goal is to invite people into our homes. I I loved that approach. To our dinner table, get to know people real, real, you know, authentic. And then, and through that, you know, you're going to find, are are they a non-believer? Maybe they're a believer that's struggling in their faith. Right. Maybe they maybe they're a mature believer, and they're going to be able to speak into your life in this process. But l- let's get to know one another, and then through those relationships that form and grow, you know, then it's like it becomes a natural thing that you start covenanting together in, in sort of what the church looks like. Right. You know, meeting on Sundays and doing life throughout the week. You know, and I'm not talking like. You know, a men's group on Tuesday morning and a Bible right. study on Wednesday. But, like, my kids are playing football on Saturday. You want to come and, and, totally. and cheer on my boys, totally. you know? And, um, and and can we do the same with you? And, yeah. oh, you've got a project at your house, and he's done. You know, my boys mm-hmm. and I will bring our hammers and nails. You know, just everyday gritty life in the trenches. And, and that's been our growth model. And it, it started from day one. There was intentionality in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been our growth model for five years now. Nice. We still don't advertise. Probably two thirds of the community don't know we exist. Yeah, you know when new churches come <laughs> to town, yeah. when new churches yeah. come <laughs> to town, they'll get a write up in the newspaper. We've never had a write up in the newspaper. The newspapers never reached out and yeah. been like, "Hey, you're a new church. We want to interview." It's like, and I'm not. We're not, I'm okay with that, right? Yep. Um, our, our 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 growth plan was through our growth plan was through relationship, not not. Um, making a big organization out yeah. of. The I, I love that you didn't go to town to show up with like the show. No, you know, because because that's a lot of a lot of kind of church planting. That's exactly organizations or books will tell you like here are all the components that you need and you know programs yep. and hipster pastors and and then there's a launch date and, and there's a know, build up to the launch right. date. There's a countdown for the launch date. Right. You right. know what I mean? And a bomb goes off when the launch date right. comes and and it's just, and everybody knows and it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's pretty late. Yeah, and, and you, there's you guys, a lot of you guys just went to town saying we're going to love people. We're, we're going to love to know people. Yeah, uh, and and you went with almost no money. I mean, our church gave you guys a little bit of money, but it wasn't much yeah. at all. I think your church took an offering up and sent us with. 600 bucks. Yeah, it wasn't much, but and it was that's what a, we could that's come up what with, we had. right? And, and we were just enamored with that yeah. because it, it allowed us to, you know, um, have a, a one speaker and one microphone right. on day one so that I wouldn't lose my voice on day one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, that was what we went with. And, and there wasn't anything showy about right. it. In fact, we, we kind of, and it was a, a, a comment made in, in, in as a joke that we were a very unimpressive group, but we were authentic, and so that's sort of become yeah, a, that's kind of stuck. A, it's stuck. <laughs> like we actually have at our at our table on Sunday mornings, it says unimpressive but authentic, and it's like and that that was our heart. Like we yeah. weren't trying to impress anybody. Only Christ is impressive. And by his grace, you know, we can love one another well. Right. But, like, don't come if you're looking for – like Spurgeon, <laughs> Spurgeon once said, if you, if you have to give people a circus to get them to come to church, then you have to keep giving them a circus to keep them right. coming to church. And we just said, that's yeah, not no us. What you win them with is what you keep them with. And it's, it's – The it, gospel. It stinks, right. but it's true. Yeah. So if you're winning them with excitement and yeah. riding the rides and right. popcorn and balloons, then that, you got to keep them with that. Right. That's right. So I want to back up for just a second on something that's not on the list, but but uh, something that, as you were talking that uh, seemed to be kind of key. But real quick, uh, Brent is joining us from Dublin. Whatever, so dude. Just wanted to shout What's out up, to Brent. Brent. <laughs> hope you're wearing your Crocs, yep, Brent. Yeah, hope you're not wearing your Crocs, yeah. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you're talking about the process and, and you know, praying and, and preparing, um, and I don't want to you know, get too into the weeds on this, but I think it's worth noting uh, just because I think this is maybe, and you could speak to this too, David, maybe a common thing in church planning is like there, there, there was some conflict where you were at, um, you know, kind of a, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, like maybe you weren't real down with like the status quo and maybe thinking there's a better way or, or something like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just kind of wonder like how often do churches get planted because, you know, there's mm-hmm. some conflict and like how, how is God in that scenario when there's conflict that causes somebody to, and this wasn't the entire reason at all, mm-hmm. maybe not even a big percentage of the reason that you guys did what you did, but it was a part of it. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of wonder how, how many times in church planting is it because of conflict? Someone says, well, I'm going to go over here and do, did you think Jeremy, thing? 
I'm going to do this thing right. Look at these fools over here. Yeah. I'm going to go fix this problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think, I mean, Chad's right in that, you know, anytime you have a, a church where you have a, a group of, of men, of elders, endeavoring to lead together, there's going to be differences right. of opinion. And sometimes I think, uh, you know, the big problem, uh, the, the things that rise to the top as, as big challenges in that is, is differences in theology, right? Sure. I, I think that probably more times than not is that that's something that you, it, that you have to really work through. Right. And, and maybe there's a good reason to sort of split in that regard. For us, you know, there was always conversations about, you know, what's the best way to do this or to accomplish that. And so... Though there wasn't conflict that, that drove us to plant, we did have conversations that said, if we have the opportunity to start fresh, what would we bring and what would sure. we leave? And that didn't come from a heart of conflict, but it really did come from a, part of, a heart of opportunity to do things different right. if the opportunity presented itself. So, so the conflict was a bit of an impetus to start thinking through some of those things. It'd be weird if you didn't think that way. Yeah, I mean... It'd be weird if, if God yeah. gave you the opportunity to, yeah. to fill a new wineskin right. with something exactly. somewhere. It would yep. be dumb not to think, okay, what have I learned that's super effective, super biblical? Yep. What is, what's the stuff that needs to go to the garbage can? Yep. Like, that has no business being in this. Yep. Like that, it, you know, And it doesn't have to be arrogant. It can be just right. super humble yeah. and right. helpful for the next work. Yeah, like so. I said, it didn't drive us right. to plant. But we had the conversations once we knew we were going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's normal. So it wasn't just a chip on your shoulder, but it was just. I hope not. No, yeah, yeah, no, no I did. Because I, I, I did have some of that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I will admit, like I, I definitely had like some arrogance and some bad. Mm-hmm. I definitely looked at certain things and went, like, this is just completely stupid. I'm going to go do this right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, and then I learned yeah. a million lessons, you know? Right. And, uh, oh, oh, that's why people do things like that. Why, <laughs> right. You, know, you, yeah. you start having lights go off, you know, yeah. light bulbs. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. so you went in. Theolo- okay, so theologically you mentioned that. This is a big part of yeah. sometimes why a new work needs to be established or, sure. or whatever. Um, did you have in your brain, like, like your crosshair set on a certain brand or flavor of mm-hmm. church. We're going to be this kind of church or mm-hmm. w- w- were you non-denominational? Are you non-denominational? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't go in like, Oh, we're going to be a Presbyterian church and we're going to get mm-hmm. in with these people or get in with those people. You're just non-denominational. We're non-denominational. Yeah. Okay. We, we definitely in those conversations of what, what, who will we be, you know, yeah. what, what are we going to proclaim based on what we believe to be true of the word? We land squarely in the reformed camp. Okay. If you if you want to lay. Do you want to explain that? I tried doing it a couple weeks ago and I fell on my face. The reformed. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a big word. It's a big word. That's right. why I'm asking. It's a misunderstood have, word. Different people have different definitions right. sure. of what it actually means to claim to be reformed. Yeah, and we found that even in our church, right, five years in. So we would say that you know probably 98 percent of our the people in our church today are reformed whether they understand that they are or not i don't know yeah. but they, but they believe in what reform theology teaches um but within that we have a flavor of dutch reform yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a flavor of maybe reform baptists yeah. you know and then we have sort of maybe <laughs> where just in my journey um with the lord like you know we have sort of that presbyterian reformed and you're all getting along and, and we're, you know, because yeah. those reformers can can be nasty. They can know? be and with, so, with yeah with their so, brand of reformation. And so we agree on yeah we agree on the essentials okay. and we and, and even in even the essentials that we would say are orthodox reformed right and so that that's what allows us to 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 move forward well together and so um, so yeah we we you know um, coming. There's a lot of things that the Calvary Chapel Church is that is just amazing no work of no of God's move with getting the gospel to people, you know. But it's kind of funny because inside the Calvary Chapel Church, and and I have brothers in the Calvary Chapel Church, you know. Um, Chad came out of the Calvary Chapel Church, um, among a lot of other churches, actually. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of things that the Calvary Chapel Church is, but one thing that they will emphatically tell you they are not is Calvinistic or Reformed, right? And so here, you know, when we moved to Madras, it was like there was a handful of us that were like, well, we're we're definitely reformed and and probably reformed of the of and, and of the Calvinistic persuasion. And so 
it didn't drive us out of the church that we were in in Prineville. But when we, again, had the opportunity to start new, we're going to say, you know, as we raise up men to be elders in this church, we want to be like-minded in our theology. Because as we rotate through the pulpit, there needs to be a consistent preaching of the Word. For sure. And so we all landed in. So that's something that we said, this is essential if you're going to be an elder. You have to preach and believe and and teach and lead and, and live in light of what we would call Reformed theology, which, you know, if, to put it in just one sentence, you know, God's on the table, man is not anywhere yep. on the table. God is completely and totally, utterly sovereign over all things always, and we're going to read the Word in light of that. I don't know how yeah. many times, it's been a few, where I've seen a couple people partner in a gospel work or a church plant mm-hmm. that did not have that that yeah. in common, that yeah. view of God and yep. soteriology, how yep. one is saved. Yep. And the idea was great. It was just like, oh, we're, we're going to get past that. We're going to be fine anyway. We're going to unify around right. the gospel. <laughs> well, it plays into every layer of the gospel. Every and, layer. And yeah. every one of those yeah. crashed after yep. three or six yep. months or a year because they, they couldn't teach the same attributes right. of God and character of God. Correct. And way that salvation functions and happens and progresses. Yeah, like they, yep. could, they, they couldn't get on. They couldn't and get what on. was part of the, the someone either feels conflict. stifled, or, or or and and someone else is is empowered to run with yes. their truth. Right. And, and the one who's right. most stifled is going to be the congregation because they're they're sitting here watching this uh, this this uh, yeah. tug of war <clears throat> tug of happen war and between conf- the leaders. Right. Confusion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was part of the conflict I was alluding to was just yeah. you know kind of that like dominoes were falling in different directions with different people because of that. Right. Um, and so it just caused some unrest or you know sure what I don't know if that's the right word to say but um, good holy struggle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so speaking of so you talked about leadership and being on the same page. Um, you know one of the things that we in like we all have a value of you know kind of a co-pastor model plurality mm-hmm. of elders as yeah. compared to like a Moses model where there's a guy at the top of a food chain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we set out to plant the church in Madras, that mm-hmm. that was a value that mm-hmm. we had. Yeah. And so uh, you had uh, yourself as kind of boots on the ground pastor. <laughs> yep. Uh, and even though you had a team, you didn't have anybody else that was you know an elder. We didn't have any other right? elders that went. Yep. And, and so you enlisted uh, me and Tony uh, from our church in Lapine to be kind of elders from a distance. Yep. Uh, just because of the value to that provide we had. the head covering, right. the oversight, the accountability, and the shared pulpit right off the bat. Right. So what was what was good and not good about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of good. In that, right? Sure. I mean, as a, as you know, a single or or a lone elder going out to plant a church, that's just not safe, right? Um, and the I think if you're if you're a if you're a dude like if you're a pastor and you think that you're safe in being a lone guy, I think I, th- I think you're in the danger zone. Like the minute you think you're safe, you're you're probably actually in the danger zone. Like you're you're, you're you're not accounting for the sin nature that's still living in you, even though you're saved and, and, and you have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and so, and I recognized that early, that like, one, a value for a true plurality of elders, a shared pulpit, because there was no intention that um, I was going to quit my day job. This was always going to be a bivocational deal, because the point was to go and make disciples, love God, love people, knowing that a church would likely form, you know, but that this wasn't, I wasn't setting out to make this a vocation mm. and, and I had no desire for that. I still don't have a desire for that. And yeah, um, but your wife might for you someday. Yeah. And <laughs> we've had that conversation. <laughs> I found since. that out. Yeah. Yep. We've had that conversation many times since. And, and you know, if that's what the Lord would have yeah, sure. in the future, great. And, and, but if, but if not, I am really, really happy to, yep. to be bivocational. Um, I think there's a lot of advantage to that actually. And so, yeah, so we started out with Chad, you, and, and Tony, and, and so for all of the reasons for accountability and head covering and headship and just having brothers that I, as a, as a lone pastor, boots on the ground there, could lean into and lean on and really share my heart and walk through struggles that are innate and then also ask questions of, you know, it, it created an opportunity to have a shared pulpit right off the bat for the good of the congregation so that they didn't, you know— even though there was a few of them, right, so that they didn't become accustomed to one man, one philosophy, right. one idea, one personality. So we wanted to birth that from the very beginning, that this wasn't going to be about who was at the pulpit, but it was going to be about what was being said from the pulpit. Um, and then 
again, being a lone guy uh, or a lone pastor, bivocational with three kids at that point who were all under the age of seven, uh, eight, it was like, I can't do the work of the ministry that, you know, discipling and loving and having people in my home while also working my 50, 60 hour weekday job while also preaching every Sunday. I was going to burn out really quick. Mm. And I, I just knew that was going to be the case. And so having shared a, a shared pulpit, good for all of those reasons, but also to give me a break from the pulpit to to rest on some weeks, not have to develop a sermon, but to also be fed, to continue to be fed from other men, which was important, right? Um, still very important. So, so this is my question. So, you 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 started with a plurality. I'm going to say kind of. Yeah, sort of. I don't. I don't mean to. <laughs> we kind of. We didn't because, start with a local plurality because almost because almost any church, even with a mosaic model or yeah. whatever, Calvary Mount, they have a sending church, which are those are pastors that are covering them. That's their head covering. They can have conversations with them. They can be yeah. relieved once in a while. Or, or you got something like a presbytery where yep. you can call them and you can... But but those aren't, those aren't boots on the ground yep. right. where the plant is. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's only like so much true benefit of a plurality that you're actually enjoying. Like right. you're only getting like... I like, was getting a taste of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so like my question is... W- w- uh, would you recommend that, or, or would you now, going back, would you think, like, no, I actually want mm-hmm. this thing in place, mm-hmm. like like one or two other dudes, mm-hmm. as we go to plant this? Or would you do it the same way? I know that God's bigger than that, don't get me wrong. I yep, know it's no, not I a formula, you. but, like, if, if you, you... Yeah, but if you had, like, an ideal now mm-hmm. going through that, would it be multiple guys with you yeah. in that place? Yeah, that was one of the questions that you guys pitched to me this morning, you know, or last night, just like, hey, this is what we're thinking about. So not enough time to really think about it or overanalyze it, really. You know, what would I do different? That is one yeah, of the yeah, things yeah, that yeah. I would I agree do with that, too. Yeah. I would never go out and do this, nor would I encourage anybody to d- go out and do this without a fellow elder. Sure. Like, and Jason, um, still with us today, he he came in sort of that deacon role, yeah. and, and he would preach, and he can preach, and... Um, and I love it when he does, and yeah. and the growth yeah. in that guy um, is just <clears throat> phenomenal. Thank you, Lord. You know, it was rad. Um, while I'm on this, I'm going to cut in real quick. I yeah. went and visited a couple months ago. We yeah. walked in. You didn't know we were coming. We kind of like I had no idea. Cold cocked you. Me and my wife walked in <laughs> yeah. to visit the gathering, and um, you didn't do anything that day. I think you sat behind the board, the soundboard, just during worship. There, were, you you didn't preach. You didn't mm-hmm. do communion. You didn't like and uh, and and this is kind of you would be considered the main guy as far as where this came from. Sure. And that you didn't... No. Nope. You weren't needed. No, I, I wasn't needed. And to me, that was that was one of the coolest things, mm-hmm. is to walk in and know that, know who you were, mm-hmm. and, and see that this whole thing went off without yeah. you having to be this personality or this thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it it so taken cool, a while man. to get there. You know, it wasn't that way from yeah. the beginning, even though we endeavored for it to be that way from the yeah. beginning. It just wasn't. And right. so... You know, yeah. yeah, I think we both agree we would do you know that aspect differently. Yeah. You know, again, but it's cool now, for almost sure. five years in, and you and you've been here for a little while now, not just you know today, but yeah. um, you know that, that it's kind of there where you've got some other guys that have stepped up, and, and you've got another elder, and you've got you know some guys that maybe are on the path, mm-hmm. um, you know, towards eldership, um, and so it's cool you know to see that, that God has blessed you guys in that way. Yeah, for sure, and so that's been a central aim, and we part of you know in praying towards Madras, Chad and I spent many days talking about and praying about and we spent more time in prayer on we, we spent more time in prayer about ra- about lord bring future elders bring yeah, elders yeah. than we prayed about anything else quite mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. because we knew that this that this w- we needed men to yep. be raised up locally yeah. to lead this church honestly we prayed more about that than anything else yeah. and today now 5 years in i have a fellow elder um, and, and I've had a, another one who was with us for a short season, and then his job moved and ended up going to the Valley and super just missed that guy terribly bad. But uh, anyway, so um, the, we have a fellow elder now, so there's two of us. Yeah. We have three deacons that in time we've raised up and, and formalized as deacons, and we have another guy who um, has since just in the last three months joined sort of that leadership core, and we're, he's going to hang with us for the next year, and we're just going to see how it goes. And, um, and so... The Lord has done that, and, and, and I think the important thing in, in all of that is, though it's super important to go, I think, with two guys, minimum, two guys, yeah. 
like you <laughs> you still don't want to rush that process. Yeah, for sure. Right. Because you know, we we might have done that. Uh, we might have done that and and that creates conflict that doesn't need to be there if you just take your time and slow down a little right, bit. Sure. Right. And so um so that would be one thing that I would change, but also one thing that I'm just thankful that the Lord is has done is like if, if as he says you know in in the word as we see in the book of acts all of the gospel being proclaimed groups of people being saved coming together being the church in their communities the one thing that's that's always there is pastors mm-hmm. pastors to lead pastors yeah. to shepherd pastors to preach e- even probably new guys in the faith at that time you know just intensive three six seven nine twelve months with paul and then it's like okay now i gotta move on you're the pastors mm-hmm. lead these sheep you never see a church plant, you never see a group of people in the New Testament without pastors. And so we can, in, in our situation, it matters. The Lord did that, right? He brought men, <laughs> he, he brought right. people to the church that were, we were able to identify and, 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 you know, put their face against the word and say, yeah, qualifications are there, theologies align, you know, let's see in time. And, and he has done that. Mm-hmm. And man, like, I don't think my wife and I would have made it past year four had the Lord not done that because in those first couple of years I was preaching like eight, nine weeks in a row, and then I'd get like one week off while trying to work, do all that stuff, and that just burns a guy out real quick. Oh, here's the real question. How long do you preach for? (laughs) (laughs) Like what kind of burnout are we talking about here? Well, it's, you know— Are you an hour guy? There's a reason that I've never been invited to preach at— the door, just answer you know, because I'm a, <laughs> my, it just depends on who you ask, but I hover around the, yeah, the 47 to 50 mark. Okay. The other guys that are with us, they, they are at like, they're solid 30, 35 minute guys. Okay. And I just tend to be, maybe, a, maybe we'll uh, invite one of those guys to, preach. I tend to be, yeah, you should, you should. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's been cool to see. So like, you know, the church, not to say that it was unstable before, but you've kind of reached a level of stability where. Yeah. You know, I've stepped back as an elder now yeah. here back in February yeah. uh, because you have enough guys with boots on the ground that, yeah. that you know, you didn't need an outsider. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been kind of cool. And like I was thinking about last night, you know, kind of, you know, since those guys have kind of been established, mm-hmm. um, you know, you and I aren't talking as much, but, you know, there was a period where, you know, we were talking pretty much daily. Every day. Um, yeah. You know, like on, on my, our, our commutes to work lined up, they don't line up anymore. But yeah, you, you know, guys had a bromance? No, I wouldn't go there. Um, yeah, because I don't wear Crocs. You know, yeah. If I wore Crocs and he wore Crocs, I might say that. We're but, unequally yeah, yoked no, no. in that regard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a dig for Brent, by the way, um, who put in the chat that he still likes Crocs. So anyway, I digress. Brent, you're <laughs> but anyway, my bro. Like, you know, we, we, we were talking a lot. And, Every day. Uh, you know, I, th- I mean, it was beneficial to both of us. And mm-hmm. one thing I want to point out, and I don't – maybe I've told you this. I don't know. But, you know, kind of early on, you know, I, I would throw a lot of kind of my – church situations at you mm-hmm. to help train you as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, here's what I'm dealing with. You know, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, more just to give you opportunity to speak into things that I knew at some point, you know, you were going to be dealing with yourself. But mm-hmm. but what ended up happening, um, you know, you, you pastored me as much as I pastored you, you know, mm-hmm. through all of that. And it is just has been really cool to, Praise the Lord. Um, you know, be able to, to kind of share pastoral war stories together yeah. and help each other walk through and there you are know, those. those kinds of things. And so so it was a two-way benefit, I guess, is my point. It wasn't, you know, just one person benefiting another, that, and, and it continues to be a two-way benefit mm-hmm. as well. But it's just been neat to see what God, you know, has done in establishing the church, establishing men, establishing leaders, mm-hmm. um, and to see the trajectory that, mm-hmm. um, you know, of what you guys have going on, and to see that, that guys, the guys that we have prayed for for years yeah. without knowing who they were, right, right are there. They're you there know, today. God has brought them. Yeah. And so that's been just a super cool thing uh, yeah to see it has been cool yeah and speaking of war stories i think you know that's an important thing to talk about too as you're going out to you know church plant you know there's a lot of life that happens and and i mean we see in the word again that you know that we're working against the devil right against satan in this you know and and so there's a lot of you know you know, our own sin gets us into trouble, but, you know, like, he's also working against us in that, and, and, and it just in war stories, you know, about two years ago, I ended up in a place where I was, I was really struggling, like, really struggling, and I wasn't being as vocal about it as I needed to be, and, you know, and, and I started to sort of, like, 
you know, kind of go inside as opposed mm. to just keeping it who I am and what I'm walking in just out visible on the table in front of my brothers. And I was just, I was getting worn out, beat down. And then, and in that fall into the own temptation of some of my own sin battles. Right. And, and, um, and speaking of war stories, you know, it, it finally came to fruition and, and Chad came up and, and he brought a couple of those guys in our church, you know, that are there and, and they sat me down and were, and they were just brutally honest with me. And I, I didn't appreciate it as much in the moment. I needed about 48 hours to settle in with it. But it's like, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they sat me down and they're like, bro, like, you need to watch your backside because you're you're starting to head in a trajectory that's not going to go well for you, for your family, which I, I appreciate that they focused on me and my family, and then the church was the third, but, you know, you're a pastor, so there's implications for the church right. here and the, and the testimony of the gospel and all of that. You know, but me and my family and the church, and, like, and they came around me and they said, you know, we think it's time that you take a break. Like, you need some, you need some rest and you need some, a season to be pastored. <clears throat> And, and they did it in love, and we walked before the body, our body in Madras, in that, and just kept everything open and above board. And, and the church responded in kind, in love and, and in grace, and said, wow, you know, we can look at the last three years, and, and though we don't condone, you know, that you're, you're going down a path that, that, that's not going to end well, we can see that, you know, you, you need some time. And they loved me well. The body loved me well. And, and Chad and those brothers at the table loved me well. And, and, and being willing to see that and then step in mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and get control of it, you know. And, and without that, I have no doubt that I was on a trajectory that, you know, maybe would have required a sort of sit down for a long season, mm-hmm. maybe for uh, forever, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when we talk about the need for plurality and fellow brothers and, like, <clears throat> pastors are not above sin you know pastors need to be pastors Pastors need to be pastored and and this whole idea of church planting you know five to seven years in it's a it's a grueling thing yeah and um well we see it more today too we see we see these guys going out and there's uh there's a lot of pressure on them some of it they put on themselves or whatever just because of what it looks like to plant a church and what it looks like to be a successful church and what it looks like to be a big personality yeah and what it looks like to keep what you've built, yeah, um, and and you start to feel the weight of that. Yeah. We see guys dropping off, yep. and 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 the only way that I'm still here, twelve years into this church plant, mm-hmm. is is because of the co-equal, yeah, framework. Yep. There's no way. There, there's times where I go through seasons in my life that are mm-hmm. challenging, mm-hmm. and I let them know, and they go sit down. We'll take it from here. Yep. And I'm just pastored, and yeah, the right. church doesn't miss a beat. Yep. And I actually get what I need because because you, yep. you're absolutely right. We're storming. Right. We're storming. Um, like beachheads of yeah. Satan. We are. Right? Yeah. right? And, and there's no way one guy's going to be able to storm that beach. No. He's going to get cut down. I mean, right. he needs an, a medic yeah. next to him. He needs an engineer yep. next to him. Yep. Like, we, we need those other people to get us up the beach, mm-hmm. right, to establish a, a post. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, a, a, a plurality does that. So a plurality yeah. does that. Well, it's worth noting, too, that, you know, by the time we got you know, to what you're talking about, you know, you had, well, God had done through you all, you know, mm-hmm. the building of a church, the mm-hmm. build, the building of a community, really. A community. Um, you know, you guys right out of the gate had a strong value of, you know, just community and, and lives connected yep. uh, and those kinds of things. All of the things that we've talked about in the podcast up to this point factored into the scenario that you're talking they about. Did, and yeah. the church didn't crumble. No. Um, you know, the, because, you know, a guy at the top of a food chain, you know, had to take a break for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church uh, maybe even flourished. I, it uh, did you flourish. You know, through that, in many and, ways. and you were loved. And, yep. and it, it's just all, I mean, it's just worth noting that because of mm-hmm. all the things that we've talked about with churches today, mm-hmm. factored into, you know, that circumstance of, of your church loving you mm-hmm. um, at a time, uh, you know, when you especially needed it and, yep. and it didn't crumble, it didn't falter, it didn't even really miss a beat yep. uh, at all. Yeah, and I'm I'm thankful to the Lord too, and just not not only in how it all worked out and um, and all of that, but in light of that, you know, the church got to see what it really looks like to be a gritty people right. together. You know, and and oftentimes, you know, um, 
things that the grittiness at the pastoral level is kept from the body mm-hmm. right it is kept sort of under the table mm-hmm. or behind the curtain yep. and so we're always projecting a better version of ourselves right and at least in the american church i think that's and what believe, it is sure i mean congregants do that too and right? definitely leaders but definitely right everybody yeah. does it i feel like we're the level. first ones though that should right. set the tone right to show that it's okay yeah yeah to be transparent it's and, okay to not yeah. be okay and you did that too I that sunday well, you know I that was, was there super hard where you know you just in a really <laughs> courageous moment yeah, you know yeah. stood before the church and said here here's my struggle yeah. um you know and, and the church surrounded you loved you and yeah i mean and it, that was, it was christ in me christ in them right right but it showed the authenticity and the grace it was. It i was mean super when you think authentic. about the the corinthian church right holy moly just a gritty people grimy yeah and they were gnarly and and it's okay it's okay yeah. like that's the gospel yeah. transforms all of it the gospel well, covers it all well it's one thing to preach like jesus is the best thing about me but it's another thing to actually to prove show it, it in the moment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where where it's real. Like, yeah. like I'm telling you right now, like look look at this, look at yeah. me. Jesus is the best thing about me, yeah. and uh, I, I really think yeah. that does a lot for a church yeah. to, to to not just hear that, but to see that from yeah. time to time. And obviously, yeah. we don't want people to come to a, a, a place of complete desperation. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. the, the truth is, we will. <laughs> yeah, like we the will. church right. well, sure. and even your pastors will. And your sometimes. pastors will, right? Come to c- yep. a, a yeah. place where all you have is Christ, and yep. Jesus is the best thing about you because you're just so ugly. You have no, you have nothing to put on that day. Right. You have no makeup to put on. That's right. Yeah, you have no comb to comb your hair with. Like you just, are, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Christ is the best thing about us. So That's right. It's been rad to see you. It's been rad because I, from a distance, have have walked uh, watched you go, kind of kind of through that hard. Mm-hmm. point but then come out of it and see the like chad said like the church i would say from what i see even stronger than it was before as yeah. a result it of is. everybody walking through that like it's actually yeah. like solidified and yep. codified mm-hmm. like the core group yep. of believers there and uh, i just i just love guys like you man that mm. um that go down don't go down go down swinging yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that won't stop that won't stay down you yeah, know what i mean no. like the calling of god is evident in you and and even just going off to a place that's kind of weird and and planning a church and and whatnot is just rad mm, you know yeah. i'd love to see more men like you mm. um and being bivocational shout out to that too yeah because uh, because yep. most dudes right there's there's mm-hmm. a there's mm-hmm. a you know there's a formula like it, oh it has to look like this if i'm yeah. gonna do this and so yep. we make it an occupation if it's not an occupation or a career we don't go do the things that god has put us on earth for right. and we need to get over that that's sissy stuff yeah, yeah this is, is non-sissy stuff mm-hmm. where you're going to go out you're going to work hard whatever you need to do to pay your bills and take care of your family mm-hmm. but you're also going to make sure you don't neglect the mm-hmm. things of god that's and right. i and it's just yeah. so cool dude it's so rad mm-hmm. to see that god's still making people like you I read, I think it was in, uh, if I'm remembering right, uh, Strzok's book on biblical eldership. Yeah. Uh, there was a part where he talks about, like, he's seen men in their spare time, you know, go do things like, you know, build a house. Yeah. You know, in their off hours uh, and things like that. But he's like, you know, the call of an elder is like, you know, your spare time is, you know, building the kingdom. Yep. Um, and that's what you've been doing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been you know an honor to be part of it and to do it alongside mm-hmm. you and um, even if from a distance. And it's been really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Madras is at a, at a gain, you know, mm-hmm. by what God's done through the gathering and bringing you guys there. There's a gospel gain mm-hmm. um, deposit yeah. in that in that city as a result of you guys. So we, we mm-hmm. definitely pray for you guys. We love what you're doing. If you're in the Madras area, I always tell people, yeah. yeah, I know where you need to go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's yeah. a place right over here. So. <laughs> well, and we love being able to be, you know, we're all non-denominational and non-denom and but we love having fellow, and not, not that we call them sister churches, but we, we know, our body knows through Chad's time there and, um, and the, the guys that have come up to the table, you know, as deacons and, and elders, like, they know that, like, our sister church, if it's, if it's formal like that, you know, is the door, Sun River, and the door, Lapine, and like, like-minded brothers just with the same, the same aim, you know, the, the, the same philosophy, so to speak. And, and it, so it's nice, too, to know that we're not alone in Madras. For sure, right. We have fellow brothers and, and fellow churches that are doing the exact same thing in other communities very near to us. And so, you know, that's been an immense blessing to us. I know personally for me, um, I couldn't have done it, you know, without Chad, your support, and, and, and just being able to come down and hang with you and Brent. And in those times, you know, those are always refreshing times. But I know that there are brothers outside of matters that also have my back and and sure. that have the back of our church. If we if we ever came to a day where it was just like, 
I know that there's men locally in, in regionally that we can yeah. we'll get that support from and help from and I my hope is that you guys too will will feel the same from us at some point. Absolutely. And so. maybe maybe, Lord willing, we can all plant a church together somewhere sometime. Well dude, now you know? we're talking. Yeah. Is this a <laughs> we gotta shut the camera off now? No, no, no. Let's get started on that. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Well we are at time, but uh like any kind of final thoughts from either of you guys on this? I kind of already put my final thoughts out there. Yeah. yeah. I would say that everything that you need to know about church planting is right here. And everything else, every other book that you would read, every other philosophy that you'd listen to, anything else is just secondary. Like, really focus on the book of Acts. Like, that that's the church planting model, I think. And, and trust the Lord. Like, it's His church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Like, He will... He will equip. He will give you everything that you need. Just and you don't even have to spend a lot of time praying about it. You've already been commissioned, Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah. And and as you go, the Lord will will, will come around you and bring other folks around you to do that work. So just like there are communities that need Bible preaching churches, and you know, is there a point where a community can have too many of those? I don't think so, because I think. You know, a lot of small churches across one community can be just as impactful, perhaps more impactful than one sure. mega church in a community. And so um, it's not for sissies, but Christ isn't a sissy. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Christ isn't a sissy, and, and he's the one that's going to do it. You're just going to be the vessel that he uses as you go out and do yeah. it. So. I think a lot of times we, we ask the question, you know, why? Like, why should I go do this? When maybe the better question is, why shouldn't I go do this? Yeah. Right? Especially when it comes to church planting. You yeah. know, I, to your point, I don't think we usually need to spend a whole lot of time wrestling with, well, you know, should I, like, like let's just go do it. And because we know yeah. that, that God has commanded us to go make disciples. Yeah. Um, and out of that, churches will rise up. Um, yeah. So anyway, just some encouragement to maybe some yeah. people that might be tuned in uh, on the fence about, you know, whether to plant a church or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go do it. Yeah. Right. Hit me up. Happy to answer yeah. any questions. The Gathering at Madras, you can find us online. We do have a, a website. Um, you can find us there. But yeah, happy to share all the good and the struggles. <laughs> yeah. So anything that we can pray for specifically for you guys? You know, we're coming up on our five year. And so with the five year, you know, we're no longer in our home. We're in a building. We've been there for about a year now, or, or we've been there for about four years now. And, you know, we're growing and we have, you know, maybe 60, 60 people in the body now, probably a third of those are, are kids under five. And so, which is awesome, you know, and, and we have people that are 70 plus, you know, so we, we really run the gamut in that regard, but we're starting to feel those growing pains of space. Sure. And the question before us at our elder table and at the, and at, with the deacons is, um, do we go get a bigger building? We, we financially, we're not ready to do that. Or do we, or do we stay with what the Lord has provided right now and start to go? Maybe we need to split into two. Like, we're just, and we're not there yet, but we're going like. Hey, right. I, I know a book that speaks to this. <laughs> you? Yeah. So it starts with an A. Yeah. 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 Acts. And so just prayer about how we would move forward in the next five years as as the Lord has continued to grow this this little church in Madras. We're, we're starting, we're at that five-year point. We're starting to feel the growing pains, the good things. And we just want to walk in wisdom and, and with clarity as to how to move forward in that. Yeah. Well, let's pray for you guys, and then uh, we can call it a day. <laughs> Father, we're thankful this morning uh, just that Jeremy could join us and uh, talk about uh, just the work that you uh, have been doing uh, in their community. Thankful for all that you've done, all the just the things that you've taught us in this process, uh, but more than that, thankful that um, there's a solid Bible-preaching uh, church, gospel-centered church uh, in the community of Madras, and that people are connected to it, and that people are growing uh, in their faith, uh, and that the community is being uh, infiltrated uh, with the gospel through their efforts. And so just pray that you give them wisdom as they look to the future and kind of next steps, and that they look at things like buildings and space and those types of things, uh, that you would help them uh, to have wisdom in that, but also uh, not to lose uh, just their endeavor to infiltrate the community and shine the light of the gospel. And so just pray for continued uh, growth, pray that people would continue uh, to come to know you, uh, that people's faith would be strengthened, and that you would continue to grow uh, just the leadership uh, there at the church. Um, And we just look forward to uh, hearing in the future about uh, just the work that you're continuing to do. And so we're thankful for it, and we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. Thanks for joining All us. Right. Thanks for having me. We'll have you back again sometime. Would love it. Thank yeah. you. You're seven. You're seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe before that. <laughs>